1. Becoming Bill. September. Look at me, Bill, said Len. I looked. Now tell me what you see. I had no idea where he was going with this. I didn't really want to know, to be honest with you. I see your face, I said. And tell me, Bill, Len went on. Is my face betraying any sign, any hint, any indication whatsoever that I might actually care about the logistical difficulty of performing the task I delegated to you? Is my face telling you that, Bill? Is that what you see? No, I sighed. Good. Now please give the judges the run-through. And chop, bloody chop, we're on in ten. With that, Leonard Braithwaite supervising producer of the most watched television show on earth, twirled on his heels like the backup dancer he used to be and took his ridiculous English accent and even more ridiculous suit over to the other side of the room. Clotted cream and baby blue, that was today's color scheme, with pinstripes so wide they could have been rolled onto his pants by one of those lawn painting machines they have at Wimbledon. Len is an asshole, in case you haven't figured that out already. I would go so far as to say that he's an asshole's asshole, such as his lifelong dedication to the craft of assholeness. Len also couldn't exist anywhere outside of reality TV. Take that faux bronze wet look man perm, the merm, as it's known here backstage. In the non-TV universe, such a hairstyle would be nearing the outer limits of credibility if its owner were merely approaching middle age. As it is, Len can't be a day under 75. It's the teeth that give it away. An unnatural shade of white with the lumpy, thick-grained texture of medieval church cabinetry. I stared at the clipboard in my hand, as if that might somehow make the next ten minutes of my life any easier. Attached was the run-through Len had just mentioned. A twelve-page script for the eleven o'clock press conference, which would take place in the auditorium downstairs and would be streamed live on the Internet to a worldwide audience of two hundred million people, or so the Rabbit Network was optimistically claiming. If you believed Showbiz Magazine, the holy text of industry gossip that lands on every desk in Hollywood once a week— an entire billion-dollar-a-year franchise depended on our not screwing this up, as, therefore, did all our jobs. So it was strange that Len wanted to put me in charge of the run-through. It wasn't unusual for him to over-delegate, of course. He did it all the time, usually so he could take one of his five-hour lunch breaks at Mr. Chang's. But today was different. Today mattered. I tried to calm myself... What was it my old meditation tutor used to say? Imagine yourself as a majestic mountain. I closed my eyes and pictured Everest, but my inner mountain wasn't cooperating. Besides, when I first moved to L.A., I promised myself that I'd never turn into the kind of person who would say, imagine yourself as a majestic mountain, unless in mockery. So instead, I just stood there, watching as four crew guys carried a vast airbrushed banner, in colors that looked suspiciously like the branding of a certain global hamburger chain, through the pre-show lounge area. Project Icon, The Dream Reawakens, it read. Len had told me to fire the sign writer weeks ago. I had yet to find the right moment. Nine minutes till we're on, a voice behind me yelled. I had to do the run-through.
If only I hadn't left my jar of little green pills in the bathroom cabinet at home. How else was I going to find the courage to address a room full of celebrities? Unless, unless I did what I'd been fantasizing about since my very first day at Project Icon.